0: Wow, I'm excited to uh, have the opportunity to share, and uh, so some faces I know, some faces I haven't met. So I just want to say it on the front end. Please, if we haven't met at all, I would love, love, love to meet you, hear your story, um, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I'll, I'll you know, be here all day, so um, I'm not the kind of person that's like, "Hey, I'll do the session, but like, don't talk to me after." No, like I want to, like you know, uh, you know, want to just. Uh, know, hear where you're pastoring or leading at and just what brought you here. And uh, ultimately, what can I do to, to help in, in what you're doing? Um, I love youth ministry so much. Um, you know, in this session that I'm sharing, I don't want anyone to feel. Um, sorry, hey, Matt, can you shut that back door? I don't want if, if we get crazy. Um, I, don't, I don't want here, Here's kind of like the baseline of where I come from. There's a lot of things that I have done in my life. That probably disqualify me from being a good minister, but I feel like the one thing I've done right is just really hold on to Jesus. So what I share today um, is really like the foundational things, the baseline things for youth ministry that I think just translate that are timeless. Um, You know, when you're in youth ministry for 10 years, um, there are certain things that come into play um, just due to Things changing, evolving. To think when I started youth ministry, social media was not a thing. Now, at the end of my time at youth pastor at local church, now youth ministry or social media is the thing. And so, you know, it's like funny. You talk to kids like, hey, who knows what MySpace is? Like, what's that? You're like, okay, never mind. All right, forget it. Uh, Just that's how things change. Things evolve and grow. And so what I try to give is not just the exciting, here's what's happening now, jump on the train, the flash to the pan stuff. But I want to give the things that are saying, look, these are timeless things. If you can grab a hold of these, if you can say, you know, I'm going to like focus on it. I'm going to like stay planted on it. Uh, I really feel you have some success in youth ministry. So uh, we'll have a time for your Q&A at the end, Um, please. Feel free to jot down any questions you have. At the end, I'm an open book. You can ask any question about me personally, or any question about youth ministry. You can ask me what my biggest failure was. What, you know, it like it doesn't have to be. It could be whatever you want. I want this time to be um, worth your while, and not just feel like I'm just being you know tossed a lot of information. How to process it. So I want to start with one thing. Um, many of you probably know Barna, and I have my notes on here, so I'm not. I don't want you to think I'm uh, just, you know, on social media, if you will, okay? So, uh, but I got this book uh, on uh, the state of youth ministry from Barna uh, Research. Many of you have heard of them, but uh, this is just uh, enlightening. I think when we do youth ministry, um, like the old saying goes, we kind of base the success off like nickels and noses. How many people were there? How much money are you doing? How big was the event? Um, But I kind of want to just put this uh, in perspective. So uh, this is on average, the typical youth ministry includes... 12 adult leaders, 60 teens, and one and a half uh, paid youth ministry staff. Um, Sometimes we feel like, man, what's success in youth ministry look like? That's kind of like the national picture of youth ministry right now. So some might say, man, we're right on track or we're above that. Or some are saying, hey, we're we're below that. Um, I kind of just want to move away from the myth of success in youth ministry, saying we have X amount of kids and we're doing X amount of events and we see all these students come. So as we get into the the foundational parts, there's a couple things I really want you to take in these thoughts and really think through these filters. Um, The first one is the success of your youth ministry will begin when your students graduate. Many times we feel like the success of the youth ministry is on Wednesday night, we had X amount of students. We did this event. But the truth is, your success as a youth leader, youth pastor begins once a student graduates. Why? Because we really then see what you taught them, is it still beating on the inside of their heart? Or do they just come and attend the youth ministry, but they are not serving the Lord? Okay? What I'm saying is, I'm not saying you know other kids are going to be straight away from the Lord. You know, I-, I wish it wasn't so, but there is that reality. But We have to say, when they leave this youth ministry, are they going to have more than just event t-shirts and memories? Are they going to have something that will alter how they live their life? Okay? The second thought is, what will you pour into them that will keep them firm in their faith? C.S. Lewis, he has a great quote. I love the quote all the time. He says, isn't it funny how day by day day, everything seems to stay the same? but when you look back, everything is different. Meaning that if we're not intentional in our Wednesday nights, in our services, when we're connecting with students, we can say, we're not seeing the change we want to see or why are things this way? And we can look back and say, man, what was I really pouring into them? What was I really preaching? What was I really sharing? What was our small groups about? Be intentional of what you're pouring into them. The other thing is, don't judge success only on numbers and events. That is one of the crucial things that I just makes me cringe in youth ministry of, you're like, well, how many people are you run How many people you run does not speak to your success in youth ministry? That does not speak to how, I mean, it's an element, but it's not everything. So don't judge your success on that. There's people who are part of churches that are, have long history that have been thriving and growing and say, man, we're like, right, we're hitting it. There's other views that are, listen, you're at a church where it's like, your your youth budget is whatever you put in the offering that night. <laughs> like, okay, great, I put $20 in, and that's what got in the offering. No one gave anything, fantastic. Uh, you know, I I understand it, I get it. It's like, you know, people are like, you know, you know, you go to a session and they're like, you know, hey, you want to reach your school? And they're like, yeah, I want to reach my school. They're like, you know, we just went, you know, man, we, we just love our community. We went to the school and we just redid the teacher's lounge. We put like three flat screens. You're like, three flat screens? I can use three flat screens. I can't give up three flat screens. And so um, I understand there, there's different levels of youth. Ministry. So your success is saying, man, what am I doing? What does God have me doing where I'm at? It's not about the, the size, but you could affect someone's life that they could reach thousands. That's what youth ministry is about. It's not about the notoriety. It's not about, you know, the, 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 the hoopla and all that. But it's about saying, are we really changing kids' lives with the gospel message of Jesus Christ? The last thing, I'm sorry, two more things that I want you just to think through as we get into the foundational pieces here. And listen, these things, I think they're great reminders for us. The other thing is, understand the culture of your community and your church. Understand the culture of your community and your church. I am a huge, huge proponent of, of really wrapping your mind around that. In youth ministry, we can look at other models that we see. It's, it's working for them. I've been to youth conferences where you literally just sat on the floor. There was no chairs. You sat on the floor we're like, well, can we not get a chair? Like, what's going on here? Is this this is normal? All right. guess we're all sitting on the floor the whole time, you know, falling asleep, like changing positions eight times. But it, it works for them. It was packed out and, and people were worshiping God. You know, there's, there's, there's tons of models you will see, but that culture works for them. There's things that will work in California that aren't going to work in the Midwest. There's things that going to work in Texas that aren't going to work here. There's things You know, so understand the culture of your community and your church. Your church, listen, I get to travel a lot now, see a lot of different ministries. There are some churches where they're saying, Nate, I want you to preach the Holy Ghost. I want this service to go 15 hours, and whatever you want to do, just go for it. I'm like, all right, cool, awesome. Other churches, they say, hey, listen, we got 20 minutes beginning to end, no altar time, and and that's what it is. I'm like, got it, fantastic. Here's what I'm telling you. Not that one is better than the other because they're both reaching people with the gospel, but you have to understand if you're at a church that's saying, we want a moving of the spirit, we just want the Holy Ghost to blow up our services, you know, and saying, just, just do that. And you're saying, hey, I'm more of like, I'm more like John Maxwell than John Wesley. So like, you could be in a, in a, in a, a culture struggle, understand what your church is, because you might not be a good fit, or you might have that hit in that wall of just like, ah, oh, why is this a struggle here? Because you don't understand the culture of your church and understand the culture of your community. There are different things in your communities that are just um, uh, pillars in your community. You know, what does your community uh, do for events and different things? Like, you know, for some of you, it might be football. Like, football is, like, the, the standard. You know, I mean, I know we're talking about Ohio, so that's, like, pretty much everywhere in Ohio. But, you know, it, it wouldn't be beneficial. Like, hey, we're doing this great youth prayer service on Friday night at 7 p.m., and no one's coming out. We don't know why. Everyone's at the football game. You're like, you're not. You know, you got to use wisdom those kind of things or the cultural things. You say, you know what, man, it'd be great if we did an outreach at the the football game or at this event Um, and being where the people are. Sometimes we feel like we have to kind of like divert people to us, but be where the people are, understand the culture of of your community and your church. And the last thing that I really want you to think about as you lead youth is what has kept you saved and what impacted you the most when you were growing up as a teenager. Really, ask yourself, what, what made you say, I'm going to serve Jesus all of my days? I'm going to one day be in youth ministry. Now, some of you weren't planning for it, but you're here now. But what really made you say that? What really made you do that? Because that is going to be the springboard that helps you minister to students. Right, We can get caught up like, oh, we're going to do this event, we're going to do this. I have this cool graphic, I have this cool video. Is that really what kept you saved? Is that what really said, I'm living my life for Jesus Christ, no matter the cost? And when we think about that, we keep that in front of our students. I believe we just receive um, dividends from that. And so I want to keep good in time here. So I'm going to move through these points pretty fluid. So I know I gave you a lot just to think through. But those are thoughts. I like the thoughts that we kind of just chew on and think about. And so uh, when you're doing youth ministry, think about those things. When you're kind of feeling lost and you're like, man, I feel like we're not getting traction. Or I feel like, is this from you, God? Go back to those questions. Think about it. Work through them. You know, work backwards and think, all right, where, where does this apply and, and where I'm at right now? So here's some of the foundational things I'd like to talk about today. I'm to move pre- pretty fluid here. And then we'll have time for Q&A. I want to be good on time here. The first thing is your leadership structure. Now, a lot of it seems pretty like obvious. Like, oh, hey, okay. way, to, way to go, John Maxwell. Leadership, great great, great idea. never thought about that. <laughs> I'm glad I came to this session. It's life-changing. Um, the leadership structure is so uh, important to what you're doing. And so the, your leadership structure should really develop you should develop the leadership structure to carry the vision and disciple students. That is the function of your leadership structure. You develop the team to carry the vision and disciple students. Listen, as youth leaders, youth pastors, it is so crucial that you have these people in place because they are the net to hold students in your youth ministry. Listen, you can be the most captivating, wonderful person, you know, but your, your students have to feel connected. They have to be in a structure where people can reach out to them. I, I like, you know, I, I, uh, I'll just share, like, the, you know, the sides of youth ministry. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you can't. But I remember I'd be youth pastoring, and I would, like, try my best, like, to meet the students. Like, like that's, that was, like, a huge priority of me. Like, listen, I'm not sure. I was chasing people down in the parking lot. I'm like, hey, where's that person? I think they left. I'm like, I'm going to go get them. I'm like, hey, 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 hey. You know, they're in the car. I'm like, hey. I know it's your first time here. And this might be kind of weird, but I won't let you know. I noticed, and so I would, I would, you know, just talk to them, and because I want to let them know, like, hey, I'm going to chase you down. I, I notice you're here, um, but we we need our leaders to be that net to hold people, and you can't be the sole person for connecting. So I, I, you know, I remember I talked to a parent, and I'm like, hey, I saw your I saw your son and your daughter. They came out the youth ministry, huh? How how they like it? They're like, yeah, it was okay. I'm like, hmm, what? Okay you no, hard work on that service. Um, and they were so like, yeah, you know, they, you know, they, it's not a big deal, but you know, they, they kind of, you know, they didn't get a chance to talk to you. And I'm like, I, I was trying, like I was, I was really trying, you know? Um, and, and that's like a, a rare case, but, um, when you have great leadership that making people feel connected and, and, and like holding people in, um, in, in a good way, um, it, it, it's so crucial. Um, sorry, my screen keeps going forward. All right. Um, You cannot be the only carrier of the vision. We can have the clearest vision of what we want to see, but if our leaders don't grab a hold of that, if your leaders are like, I'm not really sure what you're trying to communicate or what you want to see happen, um, it's going to cause some frustration. So listen, you can't be the only carrier of the vision. Communicate it to your leaders. So when it comes to your leaders, I like to think of two important uh, pillars in your leadership. So this doesn't matter what size your youth group is, I believe in these fir- firmly in these approaches. So, one, you need to develop an adult leadership team. So, who's qualified to be an adult leader? Anyone who is responsible, okay? <laughs> recruit, recruit, recruit. No one in your church, t- well, not no one, but there's typically a majority of people who don't view themselves as youth leaders. Oh, not not me, pastor. I'm, I'm old. You don't want grandpa hanging around, you know what I'm saying? You know, like, because there's something that happens when Kids go through kids' ministry. Pants are super hands on. It's like, okay, make sure Johnny, you know, he has his buddy Barrel. Okay, get in there. And, you know, how did he do in service? Youth, they're kicking him out halfway <laughs> down the street, like, all right, get out. You know, like, take him, Nate. And they, like, they, they're doing a UE pulling off. It's like, wait. You know, that—that that is youth ministry. Like, I didn't sign for a I don't care what you do. Sign, okay, great, take him for the whole summer. I don't care. Um. They, there's just a different atmosphere with youth ministry. And so uh, when you're recruiting, get the people involved. They may say, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm too old for youth ministry. Listen, I'm such a big believer in cross-generational ministry because, you know what, when you're a mom and dad, like you see the one student who's just kind of sitting in the back and not connecting with anyone. They don't need the cool pastor. Like, hey, man, what's up? They need a mom or a dad to say, hey, what's going on? What's happening? We need the people who are saying, you know what? I don't need to hold a microphone. I can serve nacho cheese. That's what you need. And it's ministry. I, I could tell you, we, we were blessed. We had a youth center. I'd be, you know, rocking and rolling around. And I would see, you know, this mother sitting down with this seventh grader, just chatting. I'd say, hey, what was going on? Man, they're going through it. I'm like, wow, you know, I probably wouldn't have been able to have that conversation. But you did. So recruit. There's no one that, that isn't qualified for, for youth ministry to help. So also with your adult leaders, help adult leaders see the value they serve in your ministry. Don't just recruit to say, hey, we need more people. If you're recruiting adult leaders, they're giving away time from their family or coming off their job and coming right to youth ministry. Help them see the value. Thank them. You know, make sure you're always in that, that, that culture of encouragement when you're walking around. Hey, thanks so much for being here and just being security here at, you know, youth service. Or, hey, thanks so much for doing PowerPoint. Like, it, it's such a blessing to us because we could take those things for granted. So always be encouraging to them. Uh, let, their, let them see the value. And always, listen, with adult leaders, communicate with them consistently. That you will lose people if you are not communicating them with them consistently. If like, hey, what's going on? Uh, I know in the youth ministry world, it's sometimes so crazy sometimes. It's like you're, you're trying to get information to them, but communicate with them consistently. The second thing in your leadership structure is you need the students. You need to have a student leadership team. You need to have a student leadership team. You need to have the influencers and create buying from those students. I do not care the size of your youth ministry. Like, we only got eight kids. Great, they have a leadership team of two kids. know, <laughs> Like, find people that you can pour yourself into Invest in them and see them be carriers of your vision. You know, uh, I like to say, you know, mentoring is mentoring is mentoring. It it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter saying, well, we don't really need a leadership team. But listen, do you want to grow? You don't form a leadership team once people start coming in. But you need to start investing, start giving the vision to them. You know, the common mistake I think as youth pastors is we're always trying to sell stuff to our students. Like, hey, be a part of this and do this. And we're going to let them buy in. Don't always be in the place of selling saying, hey, come on, let's do this. Right? Jesus came, I'll make you fishers of men. He didn't talk to them for 45 minutes about how great it's going to be fishers of men. He said, come follow me. Uh, okay. Um, so when you're still a leadership team, plug them into ministry. Listen, I am the kind of leader I think it's better to release and guide people than to critique, to just instruct and criticize well you did this wrong well you know i know that's theologically you know theologically sound listen if i heard this first time i've ever preached in front of people i'd probably cringe just want to crawl underneath the tile of this floor all right i'm like there's probably like a lot of errors in it it probably disqualified me from the, the position i hold now uh you have to let kids own own things it'll be messy it's gonna be more work for you you know going through sermons helping them develop but you have to deal with your student leadership team. Have them pray for the offering. Have them close out worship. Have them do preaching, you know, every once in a while. Um, you're going to see kids rise up to that level versus saying, well, you know, maybe when you graduate high school, you can have enough spiritual equity to preach the gospel like I do. No. Get them in that place of, of, of just doing it. But help them along the way. Help them, set them up for success. Don't set them up for a place if they go to preach and like, you know, all the students are lost and they get done. Like, how was that? Like, well, pretty terrible. No, (laughs) you want to say, listen, here's how you put a sermon together. Will it be more for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's not about you. It's about developing your students. Okay. I need to move it here. I'm, I'm just like a preacher. I'm wordy. So, um, two, the second foundational thing is think about the process of a student in your youth ministry. So you can just say process of a student. So if you think through your calendar year, ask yourself these questions. What will they experience? Two, how will you prepare them for what they will experience? Three, how will you keep it in front of them? I'll say it again. Think through your calendar year and ask, what will they experience? You know, they being your students. So what will they experience? How will you prepare them for what they will experience? And three, how will you keep it in front of them? Okay, does anyone need to repeat that again? We're good? All right. Your students, listen, your students aren't going to make changes simply because you preached a sermon. They're going to make changes when they demonstrate what they are being taught. So listen, if you are going through your calendar year and you're thinking, okay, I want my students to understand the value of missions. That's a culture of our church. We're a strong missions church. I want them to get it. Then what are you doing throughout the year that's going to help them get it? They're not going to get it because you did a four-week sermon series on missional giving. They're going to get it when they see it demonstrated. They're going to get it when they say, you know what? Our pastor talked about missions, but now we're out here doing missions. And then we're talking about local missions. And and it's throughout your year. It's that thread that kind of goes throughout the year. Uh, Think about how you're doing that. Um, so when you think about your calendar, you're thinking about this also. Like, what is missing? How will you adjust it? What needs to go? Everything on your calendar. There may be some things right now on your youth calendar that it's a sacred calendar and needs to die. Kill it. Have hamburgers, all right? It's, it needs to be gone. Sometimes we feel like, oh, man, we, we've done this event since 1972. Well, great, it's 2017. Bye. All right. <laughs> It's 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 hard. Listen, it's hard when the longer you, you know, you're, you're, you're there's that history there. Um, but but you have to you have to say, you know, what's working, what what's not. And you have to be honest. And it hurts sometimes. And listen, I can't go into it, but don't be the type of youth pastors coming in and just like we're making all these changes. Like Susie, you're not no longer doing this, and John, you're out of here. It's like what, John? No. <laughs> you know, yeah. You, you have to walk people through. You have to get their heart. They have to be carriers of the vision. When they're carriers of the vision, they understand what you're doing. If they don't carry the vision, like. Uh, what's going on? This youth pastor is terrible. He needs to be fired immediately. And so you don't want that. You don't have to pitchforks and fires, you know, torches at the, uh, your pastor's office. Um, so, uh, so think about your calendar. Also, one thing I'd like to encourage you to do as you, as you talk about the process of a student and what they're experiencing when they come through, uh, like I said, the whole calendar year, think about it. What do you want a student to get in a calendar year that you could look back and say, yeah, we did a great job of discipleship and this is how we did it. Yeah, we did a great job at you know, missional you know, living. Yeah, we we did that. So that that looks a lot of different ways through events, through small groups, through any avenue that you have. But think about the process of your student from year to year. You know, um, I think it's always just good to keep us on track. So whether that's a, you know, just like one year, where it's like, what do I want a 7th grader through 12th grader to get? When they come into 7th grade, what do I want them to learn as they go through? Um, the I encourage you even do this. I, I'm the kind of person that um, this is probably against like maybe other leadership stuff, but I cannot. when I was like youth pastor at the local church. I could not do a service like know I was preaching for the whole year. There's some people I know that could do that. They're way more spiritual than I am. I'm like I can give you three months, but anything more than that, that's like pushing it. I encourage you to do plan your service out three months at a time. Sit down and say, what are we doing? You know, uh, every quarter, what events are we doing? What um, things are we doing in service? What element? What am I preaching on? What are our small groups teaching? Um, because it's going to help. Kind of, once you get those three months, look back and say, were we successful or were we not? Kind of, what's, you know, what what did that look like? Um, I think that'll be helpful to you. Sometimes we can go from service to service to service, look back and say, I'm not really sure what we accomplished, but it seemed like it was fun. Not everyone seems happy, but really be intentional of what you're doing with the students. Um, the, the third thing, the foundational thing to it, foundational uh, uh, principle for successful youth ministry, um, is atmosphere. What a student experiences when they come to your service will set the tone of how they respond. Atmosphere is so important for teenagers. Listen, I would love to tell you that you know, sometimes teenagers have a deeper psyche to their thinking when they come to this stuff. Sometimes it's just as shallow as we think it is. It's not a bad thing, right? Listen, Nate Ortiz wasn't a deep thinker at 15, let me tell you, okay? So <laughs> I wasn't walking around like quoting scripture and just like, yes, you know, having these deep theological discussions with my youth pastor. It was like, are we playing basketball tonight? You know, um, that type of thing. Uh, you know, we, that, that's totally fine. But we have to realize what is a student walking into? What are they experiencing? Now, when I say what are they experiencing... It has to fit the culture of your community and your church like I always say like where my church was you went one one way it was the hood you went the other way it was the wood so it was like you had the concrete jungle of like just you know low-income housing that kind of stuff I mean across the street was a strip club and then you went the other way was, I'm serious and then <laughs> the other way was uh like just tractors and cows and you know 4-H club and that kind of stuff that was you know our community so Understanding, you know, the culture of students are coming in. For some of you, you, might say, we are in an urban setting. We have students that are coming from broken homes, those kind of things. What kind of atmosphere do you think they want to walk into? You know, uh, some of you might say, hey, we're more of like in the country. You know, uh, our, our students love this and that. And say, what are they walking into? It's not about are we creating something cool of, of, you know, they're walking in, there's lights everywhere and, you know, electronic dance music. Like, yo, what's up? Welcome to Student Ministries. You know, that's, that's not <laughs> – that's not the goal. The goal is that when they walk in and say, man, I feel like this This represents me, I, like where I'm from and who I am. So uh, what kind of atmosphere do you have? Is a student being welcomed when they, come, you know, when they come in? Think about every aspect of your service. Now, this is like, I know this is big picture stuff, and we can't break all this down in one session, um, but think about every aspect. When a student walks in, are they being greeted? Are they walking into like a quiet cafeteria and it's like, this is awkward, and I just walked in here. Are they being encouraged? You know, are are you getting their information as, as a, you know, a new person coming in? You know, there, there's so much I can go into, but you need to think of every aspect of your service. Where it's like, hey, it seems like kids are disengaged, you know, when, when they come in for worship. Maybe there's some things you could do to change that. You will know, create a different atmosphere that promotes that type of um, response in worship. So, um, so, yeah, so that, that can go on and on and on, but um, so when you think about every aspect of your service, you have to think, what do I want them to leave with when they when they get out of here? Um, so let me say this: there are tons of resources. I can give them to you. Um, I, I want to make sure we have time for Q and a, but there's tons of resources out there that have you know graphics and Instagram stuff. I mean, there's like an abundance of it. You can create your own like on Canva.com. If you don't use that, it's super simple. You can create some high quality stuff there. There's uh, churchhustle.com. There's churchboom.com. And I can give you those again. So it's churchhustle.com, churchboom.com. Some of those you got to pay. But I even have other ones that are free. Um, So I can give you, you know, those even at the end here, kind of walk through that list. But there's all those kind of materials for you. But what you have to learn and grab a hold of is how do I put that together that it makes sense for our youth ministry Um, and understanding the atmosphere that you want to create. So listen, with kind of the resources I tossed out, listen, I really mean this more than anything. I am here to serve and be a resource for your youth ministry. Um, If you're saying, you know what, there's a lot of information. You, You were touching a lot of things. I want to go deeper in it. I mean, you can feel free. I'll give my contact information at the end. Listen, I'd love to have the conversation. I'd love to come and say, hey, can you come check out our youth ministry? Or, hey, can you give us some advice of how we can see growth in this area or how we can produce this or produce that? Um, I would totally, totally love to help in that. Um, The fourth thing is, uh, and I'm going to go through four and five uh, quickly here so we get some Q&As, but the uh, fourth thing is relationship with others. No one is better at reaching teens than teens. Uh, This is one of the areas that if you talk to someone who's, you know, out of, out of high school and they're now serving the Lord and they're a young adult and they share their testimony, it's very likely that they'll say, man, there was one person who really like poured into my life, who really took me underneath their wing and like really just kind of instructed me along. Relationships are so key for your youth ministry. I am not a fool to think that when I was youth pastoring, kids were like, wow. The way Pastor Nate just preached, his revelation was amazing. I could not even wait to see what he had next week. It was profound. I'd like to think that maybe, right? Or when I would call them up and say, hey, what are you doing on a Saturday morning? Uh, Probably just relaxing. Do you want to help me clean up the church? They were like, yes, Nate. (laughs) If you send me, I will go. Like that one, you know. (laughs) I don't think I was that dynamic of the youth pastor. But I believe that the relationship I had with them made them say, Pastor Nate's asking me. I'm going to go. Because I've invested into them. I hung out with them. And when I say invest in them, I'm not talking about, hey, let's go grab coffee and let me give you the 15, you know, truths to live a successful life in God. No. Hey, what's going on in your life? What's happening? I broke up with my girlfriend. It's ruining my life. Okay, I don't think it's ruining your life, but tell me about it. <laughs> life is over. I don't think it's over. I think I've got some more years, but all right, go ahead. Uh, right? It's, it's, all, it's all relative. But I'll say, hey, I'm here for you. So the relationship aspect, I think, is huge. Um, and, you know, when you have a relationship with them, when you have a relationship with teens, no one's better reaching teens than teens. You and your team are responsible to connect with the students but they're also responsible to connect them to other students if you can get your adult leaders to understand that it's huge i would tell my adult leaders listen if you talk to a teenager you have to pull it out of them there's some you say hello they're like my family's falling apart great fantastic to meet you i'm nate you know like they're already like they're, they're like pouring it out but faster than you can even answer their questions but then there's other ones that's like, hey, what's going on? Like, you got a calf show? I like the calves. I hate the calves. Okay, misread that one. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're just trying to, like, build a bridge. And so pull it out of them. Pull it out of them. And you might, you say some, they might say something of, you know, you know I, I like, you know, uh, golf. Like, oh, my gosh, I love golf. You know who else loves golf? You know, this guy over here. Get people connected. That, like, that's your job as, you know, a, a youth pastor, youth leader not just to connect with the students, that's obviously a part of it, but then connect them to other students. So when they come, they feel like, I know someone here, right? No one likes to come into a place feel like, they don't know, like nobody of like, I just kind of sit, right? We see those students that would, they would come in, kind of sit in the back, worship's over, you know, preaching, like, hey, greet everyone. They're like looking around and then they leave, you know, you want to connect them with other students. So it's a familiar place for them. Um, so you solidify these, of uh, you know, these type of relationships, not just in your services, but also, um, you know, outside. Anytime, I, you know, obviously, you got to use wisdom. Um, but, you know, outside of, like, service time, if I was doing something for the church and I knew I was like, hey, I'm running to Home Depot and I'm picking up stuff for whatever, I would, like, call up a couple guys say, hey, you want to come with me? Where we're going, Home Depot. Where do I want to go? There might be Chick-fil-A involved. And so, like, you know, uh, <laughs> would get them, like, just to hang out with them. Like, like I'm going to be doing it anyways. Might as well have people on to do it with me. You know, like, just being smart in that type of way. It didn't always have to be a structured, like, hey, we're having a guy's night at Nate's house, and I want you to come, and we're watching, you know, whatever. But it was like, hey, I have to go pick someone up at the airport. Want to come for a ride? Absolutely. Now, obviously, I want to use wisdom, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, calling females and asking for that. You know, I was single ministry for a while. Then, you know, when my wife was, you know, when we got married, um, you know, it obviously made it easier to bring females and stuff along. But I'd be intentional. I'd invite people that I knew didn't know each other, get them connect and talk, right? We're in the car, so you got to talk, all right? <laughs> so, like, you know, being intentional about, about those types of types of things. And so I always like, I always used to joke around, you know. Uh, like it's, it's only awkward if you make it awkward, right? So it's like if I'm riding an elevator and I'm there with people, instead of looking at the numbers and like pretend like we don't exist, I'm like, hey, what's going on? What you here for? So it's only awkward if you make it awkward. But be intentional getting people to connect. Kids have to feel connected in order to feel accepted. They have to feel connected to what you're doing. So um, so so pivotal relationships relationships and the last thing that i want to share with you and it'll sounds so basic but we have to keep it at the forefront of us is encounter with god an encounter with god now i want to encourage you with this that students will never never forget an encounter with god why are camps so impactful because kids are like man i felt a call to ministry my eyes was you know baptized in the holy ghost um different things like that that they say i God spoke to me, or God used a person to speak into my life, and it forever changed me, right? I think that's for some of us, we have those moments with God, like these monumental moments, they said, wow, I think the Lord just spoke to me. You never forget it. You never forget it. I've talked to people that have been kind of like on the fence about their faith, and I'm like, so like, why haven't you just like totally just turned your back on it? They're like, Man, I had this encounter with God all the time. Like, I just feel like I can't like walk away. I'm like, man, all right, cool. I hope that God could visit you again in that way. Don't believe the lie. Listen, on your service nights, don't believe the lie that you can't push your spirit, your, your students spiritually. Oh, we can't have long worship. Kids will tune out. Don't fall into that. Listen. We've all, listen, all, we could go around this room of horror stories that we've been a part in services, where the service went for, seriously, eight hours, and they brought in the Ark of the Covenant, and they blew the shofar, and they're waving swords, and brought in a lamb, and marched around the building seven times, and we've all been there, all right? We have all been there, all right? Praise Jesus, glory to God, hallelujah, all right? And we feel like that negative experience, like, oh, I don't want my kids to experience that. Listen. I would rather my kids experience something like that with me in the room and us to be able to talk about it and pass them through it than to say, everything that's spiritual is weird. Worship, you only endure worship for 15 minutes. If you put those limits on your kids, you are failing them. You are failing them. And I don't mean that to be, you know, beat anyone up. Now, listen, I'm not saying that when you go to youth service, you know, next week, say, we're worshiping for 15 minutes tonight. Raise your hands, everybody. You know, if you love Jesus, you're going to worship. Not saying that, like Nate Ortiz, are you youth to say you? you need to worship for longer. No, 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 no. What I like to say when you having, you know, when we're fostering environments for encounters with God, you have to meet your students where they're at. You have to pastor them to that place. So for us, what we would do in our services, if we knew that, hey, we want to create like some God moments from some, some not, not fabricated emotionalism. I'm not talking about hype. I'm not just talking about stirring up that type of thing and yelling in a microphone. We'll say we're going to give room for God to breathe here. We would say we're going to go longer in worship intentionally tonight. And I would come up and just kind of like lead a time of prayer. I say, Lord, like direct me. Maybe there's something you want to say. And maybe there's not. But we're going to give you room to speak. So maybe I get up there and, and and this is where like the Lord has to lead you. I'm not saying you do this and this is going to create God moments. There's times I'd get up and I just give a word of encouragement. Almost like this mini-sermon. Say, hey, can we just worship God and just thank him for his gratefulness, and his faithfulness? Yeah. And kids will start worshiping. Let's, you know, push him a little bit, you know, a little bit further. A little bit further. So they worship for 15 minutes. Maybe now they're worshiping for 20 minutes. And Listen. A service doesn't have to go 10 hours for God to be in it. We've all been a part of services that it was 10 hours and it felt like it was two hours. We've been a part of other services where it's been five minutes and it felt like three hours. All right. Like, oh, my gosh, he's not done yet. Um, We've all been there. But when the spirit of God is in the room, he's in the room. So create moments for that. There's times where I've got it. There's even been something heavier on my heart. I feel like there's people dealing with suicide. We're going to pray for you right now. And people respond. Not because I generated something. I'm saying, Lord, we're giving you room to speak here. So if we're praying for an additional 15 minutes on top of the 15 minutes of worship, that's okay. If my sermon doesn't happen, that's okay. Because an encounter with you is better than any sermon I could preach. That's the reality. And so I want to close with this just, you know, letting you know, if we aren't giving students the opportunity to encounter God, and really make that emphasis, especially as you know, Pentecostal believers, the power of the Holy Spirit. If we're just waiting to camp for kids to receive baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're missing it. Well, we'll wait to camp, and you can receive it then. Why not now? Now you have to pass through these moments. I know we're kind of this is like the fast version, but you know, I'm not like I said, I'm not saying you know Wednesday night. You saying all right, line everyone up. We're praying for everyone. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Get a fire tunnel going. You know what I mean? Use wisdom. Pastor, teach. But if we aren't giving kids the Holy Spirit an encounter with God on our Wednesday nights, we're giving the same thing the Boys and Girls Club is. Events, things to invite their friends to, time to kick it and hang out. But we have to believe that encounter with God could radically change their life. And so that's my final point. Um... Listen, I believe, I, I'm not here just trying to give, like I said, just the trendy, that this will work for youth ministry if you do these five steps. But I want to give things to you that, listen, if you can just build upon it, if you say this is what we're going to focus on, I really believe you see some traction happening in your youth ministry. Students who are back while not worshiping, moving forward into worship. Students who are now inviting people to church seeing your leadership team grow. I believe if you can keep those things I was saying just kind of at the forefront of what you do, the other stuff will come easy. I truly believe that. But it's about saying, Lord, what is the main thing that you have us doing it, doing, and how are we doing it? So anyways, I went. I was trying to save time for Q&A, but I want to ask, open it up for a little bit. It's okay if we go a little bit later? You know, a little, Oh, do I? Oh, I thought it was over at 11. No, 11.15? 11, Oh, <laughs> perfect. I didn't want to be like that preacher, like, and my final point, three hours later, and my final point, in wrapping up, I'm landing the plane. Okay, this plane's been circling the airport for a long time. Anyways, any questions I can answer? They could be specific about your ministry, they could be specific about me, about youth ministry, anything you want. Any questions I can answer or try to answer? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. i to grab my phone here. So let me let me pull that up. I did say that. And also, while I'm getting that up, I um, want to um, let you know um, yeah, I'm on all social media. So, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. My name is Nate Ortiz, O R T I Z. Um, so, if you want to get a hold of me on there, but my email is just nortiz at ohioministry.net. So if there's questions or you, know, you want to get a hold of me and say, hey, c- can you help or can you give some insight, would love, love, love to do it. So here's some of the resources. Um, now, these are just resources that you know, I have found that people have given. So you might some of them you have to pay. Some of them there's free stuff. Um, but it's one of those you kind of have to like look and see what you need. So I don't want you to feel like these are like, I'm saying, you're going to love every single resource of this. But this is stuff that could be helpful. So one, uh, one is uh, churchleaders.com. So there's a youth section there. So they have some free resources. There's games, fundraisers, um, that kind of thing. Um, There is Simply Youth Ministry. Which Simply Youth Ministry has a lot of great resources of games and, I mean, there's tons and tons of, of things there. And so I'd even encourage you, you know, depending what your church bud budget is or how it works at your church, talk to your senior pastor. Maybe there's some crossover of what could be used for Sunday morning and for your youth ministry. So it doesn't have to be something you have to pay for necessarily. Um, or it's like, hey, can you buy this for just youth ministry? But say, hey, we all could benefit from it. You know, there's a lot of great graphics and things that our other ministries can use as well as, as us. Um, youthministry360.com is one. Youth Ministry 360, just 360.com. Um, churchhustle.com. That has like a whole bunch of like bumper videos, graphics, like sermon series, that kind of stuff. So that is, a, like I said, some of these are paid and some of them have just free re- resources for you. Um, and then stuffyoucanuse.org. uh so it's it's pretty much like just stuff and i'm it's like stuff that you'd want like you could use it's kind of it's kind of ambiguous in the title but if you go on i think you'll kind of roll into it
1: <laughs> so yes uh, another another thing that i found is uh, adobe spark so it's, it's a lot like hand- resize unless you pay for it. Mm-hmm. Adobe Spark, you, you, you get to resize into um, Instagram icon, Facebook banner, Facebook post, blog post, all that stuff. So uh, so that's that's something that you can maybe make a graphic in Canva, and if you want to just resize it, just plug it into Adobe Spark and it'll and it'll uh, resize
0: for you, different things like that. It's, it's, it's essentially the same thing as Canva. Yeah, well, yeah. So but it's, it's, it's a really good Yes. So to let you know, on the OYM side of stuff, um, we're working on compiling a bunch of resources for everyone. That you can go on the website and like click it, and it could be there, and just like, okay, it's it's functional from you know web design to graphics to. mission. So like, yeah, Adobe Spark is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. No. Uh,
1: but uh, there, there's also a website called Pro Church Tools. What is it? Uh, Pro Church Tools. Um, it's uh, it's a website. Uh, it's a it's a group of, of guys that have done, like, media stuff for, like, 15 years in churches. Um, and I'm kind of, like, the media guy also for my church. So, so I'm just kind of learning from them. And they have a lot of good they, – they do, like, a video blog every single week. And it's just sitting down and they ask questions about, like, uh, how, to, how to use Facebook for your, for your church – um, how to you know what's what's the best way to do uh, like visitor cards like volunteer visitor cards like what's the best way like how many how many places do you need to put different things like that and then it also has a lot of different resources like uh, they have a, a buying guide for you for uh, like videos like if you if you want to start like video announcements. They have a buying guide for you with four different packages. Like the, the cheapest one is like filling it on your iPhone for 130. Like All you need is 135 bucks. So if you have like a horrible budget, then you can do that. Or you can go all the way up to like $20,000. Like whatever you want to do, break the bank on that. Uh, so so they have a, a ton, a ton of resources on there. And that's all free. It's like every single thing. And he, he he points you to different free places, different stuff. So such so a great resource for church.
0: Right. So you know, as Gail is sharing... You know, truly I wanna encourage everyone with this, truly. Um, you know, coming to synergy and different things like this, it's like the greatest resource is the relationship. Truly. You know, it's like when you talk we're like, oh hey, I, I didn't know about that, or you start, you know, hearing different stuff, so you know, always connect with people, it's 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 viable. So thank you for sharing that, Galen. Any other questions or things you wanna toss out? Yeah. When you talk about that, you're in your culture, yeah. And you were talking about blending sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah. We have very inner city mm-hmm. and a very upscale prep area. Yeah. you're trying to blend the two of them into a, a youth ministry. Well, that sounds That's like fun. Like inner city on this side.
1: And they all tend to, all inner
0: city over here, all the other ones over here, and trying to mesh culturally. Right. The one, <laughs> right. I think the one thing that, I think a lot of that happens outside of like, you know, um, you know, even like the ministry time, it takes a lot of intentionality from your guys's level of position. You know, blending two cultures, it's it's hard. But the thing that you have to do is help them find the commonality between each other. Right. It's like because you like hip hop and I like rock doesn't mean that we're to- two totally different people. Um, but help them understand it. I always like to say whether you're you know, whatever side of town you come from, rich, black, poor, white, you know, male, female, like you, you have y'all you have the same issues, you just have different ways of dealing with them. So listen, like when I mention people at inner city, there's an element that I love about them because they're very raw and real. Not not for shock value. They're just like, Yeah, I'm having sex. Like, okay, all right. <laughs> because that's the culture that they're in. Like they're just like I don't think I should be ashamed about it. They're not like you know, like, like proud, but they're just saying like, that's just where I'm at. That's just what it is. And then uh, you know, people that maybe are more that 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 church family that grows up, and we're sitting in the pew together. They're like very wall, 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 because if anyone found out, you know, this would be so damaging on so many levels. And there's different ways they kind of deal with it. So um i think for you it's help it's it's like okay what people can i connect how can i merge these people at different events or different things because it happens they you know you have a a lock in and your time to eat certain group sits together the other group sits together it's like you have to say hey you know javante come with me hey yo jan come sit with me like (laughs) it's like you're you're bringing them t- together, you know, and say, "Hey, you know," and, and having conversations like that. Of, hey, you know, th- there, there's the commonality of that we have in Jesus Christ, and so you know, no one's perfect, and so I, it, it's just a lot of intentionality. I know I don't have like the silver bullet, but I really think that's it. So you know, when like when you take trips together somewhere, like that's key, you know, mix up the rooms, and so like even like mixing up the rooms, I'd be intentional. I would put a leader that I could knew could facilitate any tension you know that like hey this is awkward this is weird like i have a leader that i know they can handle it and they can help them navigate through some of those things because um, it's great when you're experiencing different you know different cultures and different things like that um so i i that's probably my biggest thing i would say is just being intentional of that cross pollination and not feeling like we have to cater to who they are and then cater to who they are it's like so, so for instance even in services so, we, you know, we'd have kids that they not churched. You know, their parents are dropping them off. You know, it, like we do lock-ins. I mean, we'd have like 400, 500 kids come out. It'd be end of the night. No, no joke. There'd be kids. It's 7 a.m. and no one's coming to pick them up. Their parents don't care. It's free babysitting on New Year's Eve. I don't care what you do with my kid. Call, call home. I called. My mom's not coming. All right, we'll take you home. Took one kid home one time. I said, hey, where do you live? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know where you live? I said, I don't know. My, you know, we're just kind of floating house houses I said, do you have like a landmark, a library, a McDonald's? So I literally had to go to the center of Youngstown. I said, if something looks familiar, just let me know. And at 7 a.m. after a lock-in, the grace is lifted. Like the Holy Spirit has left me. No, i just kidding. So I was driving to Youngstown. I'm like, mm. but that's that's where kids are. That's where they are. I'm like speaking someone's testimony right now. So, But, um, but, but it's just really that helping kids understand. So like the kids who'd be in our services that they didn't understand worship, they'd talk. Uh, ha, 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 ha. And, and, you know, we're trying to sing, you know, this, have this moment with God. We wouldn't yell at them. We wouldn't say, hey, shh. I say, if you don't know a student's name, don't you dare yell at them. Walk up to them. Hey, what's your name? They say their name. Hey, my name's Nate. Hey, I know you guys are talking. It's super important. You guys, you know, go in the lobby, you know, finish having the conversation. But um, if you can, we're just trying to worship. It's really important to us. So if you could just, you know, worship with me, you, you know, if you just keep quiet, that'd be great. But if you need to continue to go in, the, go in the hallway or the cafe, all the time, kids would are respected. They wouldn't, they wouldn't say, okay, good, we're in the hallway. And even if they went, that'd be okay. Because here's the thing, people understand respect. No one wants to be disrespected. And so that's what we try to get our students to understand. You don't like, you don't like hip-hop music? That's okay, but you don't have to disrespect someone about it. Respect them. So that's just kind of some some things that we would do. But questions, thoughts? Yeah, no, absolutely. Connecting with your kids outside of church. Like I have, um we have a Facebook page. Yes. But most of the children nowadays are saying Facebook is for
1: old people mm-hmm. and they're all on the Snapchat. Yeah. So
0: yes the the hard answer to that is it varies for every student and you have to find what works I'm just being honest there's some where it's like you know they're on Instagram all the time and you kind of see you know see them on there or some it's like hey I'm just forming a group text and I'm sending it to everybody because that's you know people check their phone um you know some it's like trying to do the Snapchat like there may be a student who's just big on Snapchat and you're like I'm doing this only for you <laughs> and it's like listen I, I I'm not even snappy with Snapchat. I, I got, like, a tutorial. And so, like, even like pen, people send me pictures and, like, oh, like, I'm doing this. And I'm, like, just responding in the text form, like, haha, looks fun. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like you're defeating the purpose of Snapchat, Nate. You're ruining Snapchat. Um, so, you know, I, I totally get that. But I, I think for you it's, okay, what's going to work out, um, you know, best in that connecting? So, you know, maybe someone who works, you know, works at the local Chick-fil-A or at the mall, like, sometimes it's like, hey, when you working, I'm going to come by and see you. Hey, next week we have thing going on. Love you. Have you come out? I'll, you know, I'll shoot you the information. Text it. You know what I mean? So I think it just varies for every student. Now, I know, obviously, besides the youth ministry, that can, you know, change. But, um, but you know, sometimes teenagers, it's, right, hard to get them to be committed uh, to different things. You 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 can plan so far in advance. Six months, a year. You coming? I don't know. I have something going on. You know, month out. You coming? When is it again? Yeah. Been announcing every <laughs> Every week, every week we announced it, you know, (laughs) no big deal, don't worry about it, I'm not offended, not offended, Um, and then you get to the the day before, you get a text, hey, is it too late to come, great, fantastic, and then you get, then they get to the event, can my friend come, sure, why not, (laughs) right, listen, I have like I've never hit the Puerto Rican stereotype more when I'm cramming like all these kids in a 15 passenger van, like, all right, everyone get in. I'm like, my goodness, you know just people sitting sitting on the back on a wheel well, like just oh, we're getting there. in Jesus name, protect us. Uh, so anyway, so let's just find what works for them uh, ultimately. Any other questions, thoughts, concerns? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, what am I doing wrong? You know, the different things like that. how do you how do you combat the the my successes in my numbers uh or my successes in how much we give a speech delivered or, or whatever it is? Uh how do you combat that on your on your own on like a personal level? And then how do you bring people around you that would help you combat that?
0: Arsenal? Yeah. So I think, you know, the combating, I think a lot of it is It's human nature to feel like we could will something to happen. This is successful because I I planned it and I did it and I put this thing on my back and I brought it to where it is. We're removing the God element. That when God breathes on something, it makes it happen. You know, I look at my own life and, and me serving this position. I had no idea I'd be doing this. Before I was even in ministry, I was at Chili's. Before... And I was, like, not a college graduate doing all this kind of stuff. I feel like I called a ministry. I go into ministry. I'm just, like, sir, like, I, I feel like everything I did, the only thing I did was say, Lord, like, just be at the forefront of what I'm doing. Just be at the forefront of my life. And so for you, I think, are you being obedient to what God is asking you to do? Did, did God say, Galen, I'm calling you to this church because it has to reach 100 students? Or did God say, Galen, I'm calling you to the Cleveland area because this is where you're supposed to be? And I think that's the thing you have to remind yourself of: that God didn't call you to a number; He called you to a people. And so, when you're ministering to them, you know, and, and you go from six students, like, you know, it's like, you know, don't be discouraged, you know, still reach out to those students. You know, our, we'd like to think of our youth ministry as the students that are just in the room on a Wednesday night, but our youth ministry is the kids that that come through our doors. And maybe you reach out to them on Facebook, and you shoot them a text. I can't tell you; it's like. Just because they are coming indoors, they would still consider your church their youth ministry. So continue to treat them like that. Don't treat them, well, you're part of my youth ministry if you come to my events. You're part of my youth ministry if you come to Wednesday nights or Sunday nights. But you're part of my youth ministry because you came through once. And that's, you know, and that's all it takes. And so the second thing of getting people around you, I think in these kind of settings, um, and listen, this is, this is not a plug for network events or OIM, but, but it's the truth. Um, Coming to these things is important um, because you get to meet other people. And God connects people. There's people in my life, I've met them once, and for some reason we still stay connected. And it's a a lifeline for me. And so for you, I, you know, try to find those those people. I'm not saying it's easy, but, you know, coming to these things, like, hey, who else is kind of in the same boat that I am, right? No one likes to be in the place of, like man like we're having a tough time man we had 20 kids now we're down to 6 like oh my gosh me too like we had 500 now we're down to 450 bummer right yeah total bummer you know (laughs) it's like yeah totally feel All right, Uh, so yeah finding those those people and you know and and that's even part of me where maybe you contact me and say hey Nate do you know of anyone who's kind of like in the same spot that I am I say yeah I'd love to connect you with someone I do that you know quite a bit so that's kind of question for you Time is up.